Welcome back to Cinema Rabbit Trails. Uh, I'm the host this week. It's Jerry, and I'm joined by our regulars, of course, Adam and David. Hey. Hello. So we just watched It, Chapter 1 and 2. These are the new ones. Uh, We haven't watched the original, but the storyline is basically the same. If you've seen the old one, it's just kind of renewed, updated, and uh, I haven't seen the old one, so... I don't know what specific differences there are, but overall it's generally the same if you've seen it. C-G-I. Yeah, (laughs) C-G-I. Certainly a big difference there. So I'm not going to go into detail on the story. I just want to preface this with um, this is a unique movie for us to watch. It had a lot of language. It had a lot of... scares in a lot of some graphic ways it, they're both rated r for very good reasons um there's no sexual content really um but i do not recommend this for anybody who can't do scary movies uh can't do deal with suspense or some graphic visuals very well um and by all means do not read the book there's things in the book that are much worse than the movies the movies are if, if you're an adult and you can handle some stuff the movies are great um but yeah that's that's as far as i'd go to say so, um, just diving right into it, we're not going to get into much of the storyline. It is about a clown, Pennywise, who is torturing and controlling this entire town. And you have this club called the Losers Club in the first chapter, and they're grown up in the second chapter, where they're fighting Pennywise, and they're figuring out how to do it. Meanwhile, Pennywise is trying to destroy them and uh, is trying to feed on their fears, and he tries to get them to fear more and more so that he enjoys devouring them all the more. That's the basic premise. So... And uh, starting with basically at chapter one, this can correlate over to chapter two as well. Uh, we, we see a lot, I see a lot of these, both these films and the entire storyline talking about how we can look at sin and temptation. I know that was not Stephen King's intention, but <laughs> I think it actually inadvertently approaches that topic very directly. So in specifically chapter one, you can relate to chapter two as well. Um, what do we see in chapter one about how fear drives us away from fighting our sin, specifically as it relates to how Pennywise tried to keep the kids from fighting him. Mm. So say one more time, please. What do we see in chapter one about how fear drives us away from fighting our sin? I think it's interesting. In chapter one, uh, we talked about this earlier, Jerry. Chapter one, you talked about how he drew, Pennywise kept the kids away from him because he was trying to keep the town, you know, yeah, dominated. Yeah. Chapter two, he does just the opposite. He draws them in to basically take them head on. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what fear does to us is we see something at one point in time that just seems so much larger than us. And our initial reaction, you know, there's fight, flight, and freeze. And if it's too much that we can handle, our initial reaction is just to run from it or freeze, which is another form of running. But... Rather than dealing with the issue, we're like, how am I going to overcome that addiction? How am I going to overcome my past? So you just do the rational thing of ignore that it's there, or you embrace it to a degree where this is who I am, and this is what I will become. And we see that with, um, what's the bullies? The, the kid who Bowers. Becomes, Bowers. Yeah. Bower, we see that with Bowers, where he's ashamed of being so afraid all the time. And his dad gives him all of this fear. And he had two, one of two options. Number one, he confronts the fear and be's a, becomes a man. Or second option, which is easier, he removes the thing that gives him the fear, his dad. He kills his dad and becomes the serial killer and continues on that path of shame. Mm-hmm. So those are the only two options. But when it's bigger than us, that's when we just run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and he sees himself, Bauer specifically sees himself as a victim. So he removes what he believes is causing him to fear, but he's still living in fear. And so he becomes a serial killer. He becomes... 
he really just becomes the incarnation of what his dad created, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but in, in an evil way. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, yeah. So <clears throat> distraction, distraction is a big thing. If you can distract someone with something frightening, um, and something that looms larger than them, then they, they are less prone to, to even racing towards any truth. Like mm. even something simply like going through your halls at night. Like if you're in your dark house <laughs> and you're going downstairs to, stairs to get, say, a pencil, you know, just, <laughs> but like you're walking through there and you're going towards a pencil, suddenly you hear something and your goal then becomes, I want to get out of here as soon as possible. And once you do that, what'd you forget? You forgot your pencil. Yeah. The whole oh, purpose for what you went for. <laughs> so in that sense, it's like e- those little fears like that will will poke holes, not using the yeah. pencil to poke holes. <laughs> but, yeah. Pop the balloon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Poke holes into our courage, in our purpose, and yeah. we'll just completely lose our minds. Yeah. So. And that's something you see continuously throughout the film. You see each character has a different fear and a struggle. So uh, Richie is actually... Um, he's actually just afraid of clowns. So Pennywise doesn't really have to do anything other than appear in his normal form. Uh, You have Bill, who's afraid of his shame of blaming himself for the death of his little brother Georgie at the beginning of the first film. And uh, and so he just confronts, Pennywise confronts uh, Bill with the face of Georgie and manifests him over and over again to drive him into his shame. Uh, You see Bev, who's afraid of her dad. And Pennywise uh, constantly uses her dad to keep her in fear and then whenever after her dad even dies or just isn't present Pennywise will actually make his head to appear as her dad and so you see each character like uh what is it uh Eddie he's a hypochondriac basically and so Pennywise manifests as a leper and actually like throws up on Eddie and like just constantly driving these kids and later on in chapter two as their adult selves driving them towards their fears over and over again um, but I do say that's a good observation, Adam, where yeah. fear is an amazing distraction tool from what we would yeah. we want to become. And I think, I know you'll, you'll get into more spiritual elements later, but I think yeah. it's a fantastic thing that, I don't mean the word fantastic, but it's a, <laughs> it's a great strategy where it's like, someone once said, like, the thing that Satan fears the most about you is your greatest, is the thing that you are destined for, like, that God has put inside you. That's yeah. the thing mm-hmm. he fears the most about you. And most often that's also the thing that he attacks about you. So if you love people having a fear of people is going to be the object where, you know, that's strength. I'm going to use that to become a weakness and therefore you become, you know, removed from the game as it were. Yeah. Good observation. I like that. Yeah. yeah agreed. So keeping on with this a little bit in chapter two, uh, we see 27 years has gone by since chapter one. They're all grown up. 27 and- chapters. You're good. You're good. And, uh, you actually see other than Mike, who's the only one who has stayed in, in the town of Derry, um, everyone else has moved away, and they still have the scar on their hand from whenever they uh, created an oath after defeating Pennywise the first time. They still have a scar on their hand for when they vowed to all come back together if Pennywise ever reappeared. And uh, Mike calls them all together, and they've all realized, I don't know where this scar came from, and I don't remember where I grew up. They're, they've forgotten all of this. They've forgotten about Pennywise, but they know the moment that Mike calls, they're all struck with fear, and they don't know why. And even that scares them. So... In regard to chapter two specifically, um, how does time play a role, or you could say, how does the enemy, Satan, use time to play a role in renewing our fears and keeping us in cycles of our own sin? Uh, repetition. 
like will come back to those fears over and over again. They just manifest differently, so we don't notice them immediately. Like it takes a little time for us to actually realize, oh, this is actually showing up differently. It's like with Beverly with her abusive husband. It's like that's a callback to her abusive father, but somehow she keeps returning to this, Mm -hmm. but not seeing it very clearly. You know, us as viewers can be like, well, why in the world would she be in that situation yet again? Yeah. And, uh, but it's that repetition of, okay, I've, I've been through this before and then it happens again and you think, okay, this will be different this time. Yeah. You know, we keep, we keep encouraging insanity. us. Like, it's like that, opti- it's like an optimistic ins- insanity almost. Yeah. You know, I think we're going to be okay. So Optimistic yeah. insanity. Yeah. Sounds like a great t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what did you have to say about it? Um, so the question is about how does time play a factor into our fears being renewed? And keeping us in our in cycles of sin. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I, I think that w- what makes the second movie very interesting is, and you, you mentioned this, Jerry, how they defeated him once. Okay, you know, not a big deal. They'll defeat him again as adults. You know, it'll be a piece of cake. But time has a way of wearing on us where, you know, those old fears come back and new fears are developed. And I think that's something the older we get, we start accepting like, oh, this is the way the world works. You know, there's not as much mm-hmm. joy. You just get through the ground. So, I mean, fear just has a way of enveloping there. And I don't think we take as much time to ask the question, where is the source of that? Mm-hmm. Why do I, you know, she, like your great observation about the whole, like, why is Bev married to a guy who's abusive? Mm-hmm. That's not common. Like, that's all she knew. She's looking for that, um, for someone to affirm her. And all she knew was, the way her dad affirmed her in this regard. And so she's already going to have a natural bent towards somebody like that because it's familiar and as scary as it is, she's thinking, well, maybe it'll be different yeah. this time. And so I think understanding the source of where does your fear come from is, is very good to, and I'll just say this, it's very good to just even talk to a counselor. Um, I think there's a lot of bad rap with going to counselors like, Oh, you need counseling. It's great to really just start talking about where, you've been hurt and how does those hurts from, you know, 10, when you were 10 years old, how are those manifesting themselves in new ways when you're 20 and 30? Because there's a lot of things that we're Mm. doing in our world today, in our culture. That's like, that's not the real issue. That's a symptom. And if we keep treating symptoms, we don't get healing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely agree. And in regard to that as well, you touched on it is that we, we do have to look back. I think that's something Satan fears the most is us looking back and finding out where did we first believe this lie that has now driven me into fear, into cycles of sin. And then instead of looking back on that, he's used that one lie to build other sins on top of each other. And then we have to fight one sin and maybe that one we feel like, okay, we finally kind of beat it down enough and oh crap, here's another one. But it's just digging deeper until we can actually find the source of that's the lie I believe. That's why all these things have gotten into play. And I think for men, one of the easiest ones to fall into is pornography and masturbation. We, we fall straight into that, and that's a, such an easy sin for a variety of reasons for us to fall into and just use as this common thing to become addicted to. And then at the same time, there's that t- cycle of time, and maybe for a while we feel like we've defeated it. And then he just, the enemy just lays it on us so hard and we feel like we fall into it one more time and then we drive, drive, driven to shame and more fear, thinking that we had, I thought I had beat this thing and I'm never going to be able to beat this now. And mm-hmm. so you just get into a depressive state as well. It's, it, that, that's those times where it feels like, oh, it's over. I beat it. And then it comes back so much harder and you're like, yeah. crap, I'm, not, I'm never going to be able to get rid of this thing. 
one thing that's maybe one of the lies there. It's like, I beat it. I'm awesome yeah. at this. And that's, that's actually the part, part where you'll, you'll fall is yeah. it's the, the pride of, yeah, I conquered that. Be excited that you, you've, you know, battled something and you've won, but realize that life, someone said, it's, if you're breathing, like, um, we're talking about, uh, just being very self-absorbed and prideful. I was talking to my counselor actually about this. And I just said, like, you know, I said, it feels so weird me to say this. I feel so selfish and prideful. And he's like, well, David, um, let me just tell you something. If you're breathing, you're going to have a struggle with pride. <laughs> and that was very humbling. You're like, you know what? Yeah, I can be. And many times it are is am very <laughs> grammatically impaired, very selfish. Um, that's, that's actually very freeing yeah. because in the Bible, but at least we have the shame and there's this stigma of you've got to be this certain way or, you know, the church won't accept you. God won't yeah. accept you. And it's like, mm-hmm. we do want to honor who God is and follow his precepts there. But we're, we recognize as Christians, we're broken. Yeah. We recognize that we are fearfully, <clears throat> wonderfully made. We're beautiful. And yet there's something that is, that's broken. And it says in Ephesians that we are dead in our trespasses and sins. And that's the exciting thing is it's like, wow, I am a mess, but that doesn't define who I am because my identity is not in my choices. It is not in my, what I think those lies, it's in who God says I am because of the death of Christ. Yeah. 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 And actually looking at the, like, that's a great example of looking at the history of Israel, because when you look at Israel, people look back on the Old Testament as God is wrathful. He, he, (laughs) he's so unkind. He strikes his people down whenever he feels like it. And really, instead, what you find is he's keeping them in the path of holiness very carefully. Because if you look at all the nations around, their influence, like they would fall just like that. Yeah. And they did it time and time again, yeah, still, yeah. you know? You go but that's, yeah, it, it doesn't look as absurd when you start to see it from God's yeah. view of like, just divert a little bit from that line and you will, you will be yeah. following all the other gods, just like everybody else will, and, and fall into some destructive ways yeah the greatest thing i ever heard was just about the placement of israel and how god actually told abraham where to go and gave him specific land it's like well you're in a great place right now like there's plenty of you know grass you can have a great civilization here why not just build it here sends him over to that area and then the whole i mean the whole journey with israel through egypt and all that stuff happens too but the actual land of israel where it stands today and where it was during uh when the new testament happened and christ comes is perfectly placed to be the center of the world at that time in history to where all the crossroads going through all the known world at that time pass through there, perfectly designed for the spread of the gospel and the expansion of Christ's church once salvation became available. And the entire point of the law, speaking to pride and all that stuff, it's, I mean, the law of the Old Testament was simply there to expose your need for a Savior, not for you to comply with. Yes. Right. And that's yes. what we fall into, is that we now look at, we're tempted as believers to go to, oh, I'm not righteous enough. It was like, well, you didn't deserve this in the first place. Stop trying to earn it now. It, yes. you never, you're never going to get there. So it's, it's all, and Abraham was never going to get to the promised land by himself. He had to be shown, here's the promised land. I'm going to send you there, and you're going to trust the reasons why. We got to do the same with the law. Absolutely. So, next question. We we ate up some time there, but uh, what role does fellowship play into fighting our fears and temptations? Because you got to take the ring to Mordor. (laughs) 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 Seriously, I'll say it it one more time. Uh, What what role does fellowship play into fighting our fears and temptations? I really want to, yeah. One thing I loved in the first scene, in the first scene, the first movie, was they all have uh, Pennywise surrounded. 
and the thing that Penny, uh, the clown, just starts playing on each of their fears. You know, for mm-hmm. ones like I can't deal with anything that's like disgusting, and the other ones like it's her dad. Um, but what I loved about it is as he's you know fighting all six or eight of these kids, turning around, he looks at the one and he manifests that fear. And as he's about to attack the kid, you know, Bev like comes and hits him in the face, and so he turns to Bev to attach attack her. And then he turns it to her, her dad, yeah. and then. Uh, somebody else like hits him from behind and so what's cool about that was you need friends in your life because you have that fear that holds you down and paralyzes you but that's not what the person to your right fears and mm-hmm. so they step in and they come to your you know they, they become a, a shield yeah. to you there and then the fear comes after them and you're like well i'm not that's not my fear so you you know step in line for them and that's what's neat about having good friends yeah. is they really help you know that you help combat each other's fears and you build each other mm-hmm. up yeah so I think that's very, that's and really neat. Stepping into one thing before that, I want to ask you the faith question. So we'll we'll move on from this question, but uh, for sake of time. But on that note, earlier on, before that fight happens, you see they've all shared each other what they've seen Pennywise as. They actually share what their fears are before mm-hmm. they can actually fight him together and hold each other up that way. Mm-hmm. So there is a requirement for there to be sharing of those fears before you can fight them with each other. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, a yeah. degree of honesty, and yeah. that's the thing we I think we're missing in our culture with our quote friends is. We I mean, throughout human history. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, <laughs> yeah, humanity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. With humanity, though, but like today, you just see it on a larger scale with social media. But we don't know how to be honest with our friends. But they're also not the kind of people who will challenge us. They'll be like, oh, "Okay," it's like, "Don't tell me to accept that. Help me to go after that. To engage that. Yeah. And that's important." So, uh, Adam, directing this one to you, what role does faith play into fighting our fears and temptations? What does faith play into fighting our temptations? Oh my, because we simply have to know that there's something greater than ourself, because we we will quickly crumble. Like, even in this film, we see an example uh, of faith, because they they have to have faith in each other, because if they can't have faith in their fear... Because clearly that didn't that doesn't work out for <laughs> for good, um, or even faith in what they can run away from the fear with, like mm-hmm. so, for, you know finding other ways to to prevent it. Because that's just a preventative, right? Yeah. It says nothing about your overall purpose. So yeah, I definitely say that faith is absolutely essential in facing your fears. Because if you don't have faith, I mean, what what other satisfaction outside of faith do you have other than clinging to your fear? Because that's where we're comfortable. Yeah, and we'll continue to cling to it until somebody says, "Hey, you have a problem." <laughs> and that's why we need each other. In, yeah. in so to follow up, and then I'll direct it to you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, is fighting our fears and sinful habits truly possible without true fellowship through mutual faith? Mm. And depending on what you answer, why? Oh, that's a great question. So, you do you want me to repeat it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's a long one. Sorry. I'll so, pretend. I'll pretend like I know the answer. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, just rest pre- your hand. Yeah. Your, yeah like, just rest your head on your fist real quick. And then quick, give and three then... examples. Yes. In all your citations. So I'll just I'll ask the first yeah. half. So is fighting our fears and sinful habits truly possible without true fellowship through mutual faith? Hmm. And you could even answer just yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> and fighting our fears. Yeah, is fighting our fears and sinful habits at all possible without true fellowship through a mutual faith? Mm. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be through a mutual faith. There are ways in which you can confront fears with people you least expect to confront it with. 
Like there's people who can bring things to light where it's like you're you're being you're being clotheslined almost. Like you just walk by and somebody who might not even be in your faith might hit, might mm. strike a nerve, and you realize, wow, I've been living in fear in this area. Yeah. So yeah. and and this also plays a part in knowing that this is we believe that the earth is designed by the Lord, meaning all things are mm. according to His glory. You know, and He's created in an own way where we have that fellowship and even just that commonality as humans. Mm. Um, so there, now, I will say, because it's not like a clear yes yeah, or no, yeah, it's yeah. more like yes, but also if you're going to continue growing and continue uh, persisting in confronting that fear, yes, it's absolutely, or no, it's... Uh, you, have to have fellowship, you have yes. to have fellowship through mutual faith, basically. Yes, it would have, have to be okay. mutual faith in order to combat that if it's going to be consistent. But along the way, just in our in our journey and our path of confronting that, absolutely, it can be anybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. So, David, ditto, ditto. Okay, okay, cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. yeah, I would absolutely agree. So, and yeah, I think just in the nature of us being believers, being um, <laughs> having a relationship with the Creator of the world, our eyes are open to more things, both in human nature mm-hmm. from those who may not even be believers, and also in creation itself exposing the corruption that is happening that also relates to us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I would I would say that I would agree with that. You can be become aware of it and begin to fight it, but to continue fighting, you need fellowship through mutual faith. Yes. Is that is that kind yes. of summing up what you said? That is. That okay, okay. Take Just go read Lord of well, the yeah. Rings and you'll, you'll see what there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, using examples from the films, how can or does the enemy use other people to weaken us in our battles? So an example mm-hmm. that I think is most prevalent would be Bev's dad, mm-hmm. because he doesn't Pennywise doesn't have to use uh, some full manifestation of himself in some way to uh, to put Bev into fear. She's already living in fear from her dad, and Pennywise just ha- just has to keep manipulating her dad, uh, keep affecting him to be this torturous monster of a father, uh, and then he just pr- Pennywise then just preys on her fear. Mm. So. Yes. In relating that and any other examples you guys can give you guys can give from the films, how does the enemy use other people to weaken us? I've mentioned this before, but like I, one thing that I'm you know I can still call back um, you know, one of my fears was just it's, it has been people honestly. I look back at my middle school years and just being bullied in that environment. It was just the I think it was the environment is what scared me so much because it's like I felt alone, defenseless, and no one was going to be there for me, and I had to just cope and so i can see how people you know and the thing is that broken people hurt people you know hurt people hurt people and so these people who i I still see their faces um i don't hold anything against them personally uh but the thing is is like i recognize that how these kids you know we were in fifth grade but how these kids have become things like looming shadows in my life Mm -hmm. and how it's like why are you still living in those shadows david and I'm beginning to engage that, but still, there's those. It's been there for so many years. Those shadows have grown, grown to huge proportions. And there's things in our own lives where I think it's just having, a, especially as a, a Christian, I'm beginning to see like God. How do I see people the way you see people? Because I've had people, you know, talk to me in certain ways, trash talk me on Facebook, and I've begun to not, you know, I don't hold it personally. I don't hold it against them because I'm like, you know, what? you're operating out of your own brokenness. I get that. We all have brokenness that we operate out of and that causes us to hurt other people because we want love. We want affection. We want acceptance. And 
sometimes to get those things, we will do very selfish things and those hurt people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Riding off of that affection and acceptance. Those are two very big roles in, in our feeling like we're valued. Um, and just to answer more of the question, I think that, uh, yeah, people are, I gotta say, I keep like writing off of what you were saying because people do become looming shadows in our lives and their, whether it's a legacy or something they did to us, it just, it's something that carries further than even them, you know, even turn the, turn to the other way. You have somebody with a good reputation that's going to precede them. Hmm. So they walk in a room, for example, if you walk into a room and, and you walk into a room, people care about you. Their first thought is, is not, is this guy, guy going to steal something from our house or like, is he about to murder us? You know, things like that. There is a trust and, and, uh, and an appreciation that rests there. So on the other hand of that, I mean, it's just, it's just, don't you, you just see that how it just, everything is opposite of goodness. Like it's just the inverse Mm. and how it turns ugly like that. So I would just, I would say that. Sure. Sure. We can expound on that, but yeah. Yeah. And just adding to that one quick note, you said affection and acceptance uh, and acceptance. I would also put, um, just where the rank of a person, I can't think of a better term right now. Like how we actually, the pedestal we put a person on. So you might have, it level might even be a level of yeah, level of importance that you put a person on. So you may not even know the person. It might be an idol, but that could actually have an effect on you. Mm. Um, in like, you know, oh, they, they live this kind of life. I want to live that kind of life too. It can lead you to those sorts of things too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, but that's, that's more insignificant as opposed to the closeness of affection. And I'm already blanking on the other one again. Acceptance. Acceptance, <laughs> thank you. Um, Okay, were you, did you have a quick note, David? Well, I mean, to, to your point, though, it just, like, it also depends on who these people are. Like, what you're talking about, Adam, um, Adam you're terrible. <laughs> I'm thinking his idea of looking at you. Uh, there's certain people like our parents. Whatever they say to us just is ingrained like nothing else. And there's yeah. other people who we really don't care about whatsoever who still affect us. And so it really yeah. depends on what you said, Adam, like, what this person did or who this person is. Because there's things that people say to you that's like, it doesn't matter. Like you're nothing in my in my mind because it's like I just mm-hmm. saw you on the street, but those closer relationships those bear a lot of weight to, yeah, how they shape us. Yeah. All right. So moving on. Um, in the final fight, it takes the losers' club believing that Pennywise is actually smaller and less powerful than they've been convinced to believe. Uh, do you see some correlation between this and how Scripture teaches us to fight our sin through faith in Christ? And if so, how? Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, first of all, um, I'm reminded, of course, of Paul, where he says, Oh, death, where is your sting? Mm. There's a sense in which when when Jesus died and he was resurrected, that showed a conquering of hell that had never taken place before. Um, and you can imagine that's... A, you, I think you ask a question about Satan later, so I won't... Yeah, yeah no, you're good. Continue. ...do that. But anyway, yeah, it definitely shows the the weakness in which uh, sin is just kind of acting out of a aggression towards the good, aggression towards uh, hopefulness, towards goodness, towards those things that actually are redeeming in our lives. Mm. So uh, you definitely see, uh, and then you ask how? Yeah, and if so, how? 
I guess I gave some Yeah, you kind of gave the how there. I so kind of threw it all into <laughs> you one. You threw it all into one, which is great. Yeah. So, uh, David. So, question again. Do you see some correlation between uh, how the Loser's Club beat Pennywise and how Scripture teaches us to fight our sin through faith in Christ? And if so, how? I think what's the cool thing about fear is it's something you conquer, but it's also something you it's something you slay. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. that the conquering in there. And uh, I actually wanted to. We've been reading um, a lot of Romans eight, so I'd love to just read passage real quick. So, huh? good chapter. Yes, <laughs> yes, um, yeah. So this is Romans chapter eight, uh, starting with uh, verse twelve. So it says, "Brothers," and this is Paul saying how we have been identified with Christ, and now Christ is living in us. We are debtors not to the flesh, our old way, of, our old pattern, our old way of uh, thinking, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not Mm. receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoptions as sons by whom we cry, Father, Abba. And the thing um, I've been learning a lot lately as I've been reading that and kind of with this film is your fears don't just go away. We can't just run. You can't ignore it. You've got to take it head on. You can't live in shame because that's another form of accepting it and letting it be your identity. But we take on the spirit and that's how we begin to engage that that's not who I am anymore. I live, I don't have to do those things anymore. I don't have to live in your shadow and be afraid of this thing anymore. And so take it head on. What does that mean? Do you need to write a letter? Do you need to make a phone call? Do you need to go back to that place? Um, there are ways that you can begin to address those fears, but you've got to take it head on. You've got to face it and slay it. And then you'll be a better person for it. Yeah. And you see that in the film. They actually have to uh, uh, suppress and do away with their own fears before they can beat Pennywise. That enables them to actually belittle Pennywise and defeat him. So, right. Yeah, to that exact point. Mm-hmm. So, All right, um, quickly, which character do you relate to most? Directing first to you, David. Uh, what character do you relate to most? And then to which would you compare each of us? Mm-hmm. Oh. I would probably... Have- I probably would identify most with um, Bill or Ben. Oh, Ben. Okay, yeah. Just because, like, I don't know. I was never. I've always been pretty. Yeah, I can't remember all their names. Okay, I was trying to. I, I, I thought I saw James McAvoy, and so I thought Bill, but no, I couldn't well, see. Well, I do it from also my identify angle, so. with some of his character too. <laughs> but, he's like, I want to do the right thing, yeah, but yeah. I do identify with. Um, um, ben. Yeah, ben. <laughs> <laughs> so many names here. I do identify with Ben just because it's just like. He wants things in life, and he does really cool things that people appreciate, but he's always just kind of been standing off on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. And he really starts coming into his own as a viable character, but he's also just very supportive of other people. And he's like, I'm trying to, I want to keep the unity of the team. Like, yes. that's his main goal. And I, I identify with that because I'm the kind of person where I'm like, I don't really so much care about our destination of, you know, for selling a ship, I'm really more like, hey, who's riding with me and what's the journey going to be like? You know, to yeah. me it's that, like, as long as we're together and we're working as a team, I'm pretty, pretty much okay where, where we're going. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But to identify you guys, um, I also identify you, uh, you, Adam, as Ben as well because you just have a very... Um, <laughs> it's funny, Jerry, Jerry, you and I will be talking just back and forth, back and forth, and Adam's like, I have an idea. <laughs> and we're just like... Okay, we're just gonna be quiet for a few moments and on those words. So don't might be with him, might be not. Don't let so don't let that go to your head. Um, I'll do my best. No, but um, 
I see you that way. You're just the supportive type, and so you're just you're good to have because you'll help keep the peace mm -hmm. and try to reconcile people who are just losing their their heads. Um, and Jerry, I see you as uh, I forget his name um, as James McAvoy. As, oh, as Bill. Bill. I see you as Bill in many ways, just because. Um, I see you have a, you have a lot of leadership and you want to bring that to people and you're like, Hey, we've got to do this. And people are like, well, what about this? What about that? It's like, yeah, I know we've got problems here. We've got mm -hmm. fears, but we've got to take care of this. And so you do a great job of calling people to action and you lead that action. We were going like the hot time. We were all going hiking at whatever park it was and it was over flooded. We're like, well, we can't go through there. <laughs> so you just roll up your pants. You're like, that's not that deep. Come on. And people are like, it's freezing. And by that time, you're already like one third of the way off the, on the bridge. And I'm, and I'm just like, all right, well, I'm going. So, so you, you do a great job by leading by example and calling people to um, something better. Well, thank you. Adam? Yeah, so I, I definitely agree with, with me being Ben in that case. Also, there were fears that I, I recognized that if I had not been in homeschool, I would have probably very much been Ben. <laughs> so that was true. And I also saw you as Ben too. So we're, we're mutual on that uh, for you, David. Sorry. Benlings. You guys can't see. Yeah, but we're Benlings. <laughs> but yeah, just Ben, in, in the sense that you have described some of your school experiences in the past and also our, our introspective natures, how we relate on that too. It just made sense with Ben. Um, but also I can see Richie a little bit in you, David, too. There's like that fun-loving side a little fun-loving and uh, some humor in there that I can see, and it it it, it makes you kind of uh, what's the word? I don't know. You just have this this silliness about you sometimes that that okay. is actually uh, refreshing. Nice. Where it's just kind of like sometimes it's like I don't know where he's going with this, but it's great. <laughs> it's great. He's yeah. it. like, why are we talking about that stuff? Okay, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> it's good though because what what happens is I almost have to test my thinking of like, okay. Now I see where he's going. It takes me a minute sometimes of like, okay, now I see the point he's trying to make. He's actually being really meaningful here as opposed to, you know, just saying your favorite quotes or things like that. I'm like, okay, I see where he's going now. So that makes you a very valuable part of, of us three. Like so. a walking preface. It's like, <laughs> I'm getting to, I'm like, I'm getting to the point. Just here's the setup. So and uh, for, yeah, for you, Jerry, actually, I see Mike. <laughs> I think Mike actually fits you better than uh, Bill does just because... Uh, Mike had a sense of which he was trying to lead the team, but he's also independent. And you went mm -hmm. ahead and made that choice. And so I feel I feel like you, you tend to be that. You have a surety about you. Even if it's just that outward surety of like, we're going to do this. Uh, <laughs> he wasn't even sure about how things were going to work out a lot of times. It was more of like improv of like, okay, we know we got to do this. We don't know how it's going to play out, but we just, we know we got to do this. So. Somebody do something. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely well, see you. you with Mike. Okay. All right. So, um, <laughs> I would actually, uh, I'm a, let's see, I'm going to start with you guys, actually. I actually see more Richie in you, I think, for exact same reasons, so mm -hmm. I'm just going to say ditto on some of these, but yeah, Richie for you, for many reasons, uh, along those lines, there is that Foul just, mouth. no, yes. no, not that, not that, <laughs> not that, no, no, just that, that joyousness that, you know, yes. you, you will be the first usually to bring up puns, it's like, here we go, and uh, you, yeah, you bring a joy to everything, and... Uh, I like it's like Thanksgiving, it's it like, is. I'm so thankful for you, It is, it's a great so... timing, so we, we won't be doing another podcast till after Thanksgiving, so this can be our That's thankfulness right. for each other, yeah. so... Because uh, I would have thought it would have been a right. film would have been so, like, I'm so thankful. I'm thankful for... it's over. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I see Ben in you as well. That That's certainly something I, I, I would say. Um, for me, I actually... 
I, I had trouble actually identifying with a single character. Mm. Um, it was hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So with um, with with Mike, certainly into some of the passivity that he had, like it seemed like he kind of blamed himself for not taking action when his parents were mm. were in the fire because he was actually right outside the door. We learned, but he was just a kid. Like he was, he didn't really have an ability to help, but he he feels that shame of that he he didn't help. Um, and looking at my own past, there was some passivity there. So mm. if there was a character, I would actually agree with you. Mike is probably the person I would, um, at least in, in regards to the fears aspect. Um, as far as I would actually probably relate to Bill for actually some of the reasons you said, is that it's that tendency to when people aren't complying or for the sake of my own pride, I go off alone mm-hmm. and try to lead alone. So I that is something that I want to get better at is actually – what you said is bringing people in and calling others to action and being a leader in that way. But my tendency in response to fear of my own pride is wanting to go off on my own. Mm-hmm. And that's what you see Bill does a lot is like, no, I don't want you guys involved in this. This is what I started. I need to finish it. I got you all involved. I'm shameful of all of this stuff that I've done. And, and of course, we'll be like, of course you got us involved in it. But you're not finishing it by yourself. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. And um, I've actually seen you be proactive in that way of encountering people, bringing them in, kind of being that, also just being a glue for people, you know, allowing you, like, if they're, they're feeling lonely, you know, there's, there's, especially someone in our life who just, who has dealt with something rather difficult and just uh, having a presence around him. You didn't, you're not just a presence for him, you actually engage with him. Um, so it's a valuable thing. Thank yeah, you. So thanks for being a glue. Well, I am thankful for both of you guys very, very much. I love you guys. <laughs> I love you too. We can all, all be right. glue because we'll stick to it. Yeah. <laughs> and the puns begin. So. Yes. All right, let's wrap this up with some quick fire questions. Uh, I want you just, I'll, I'll ask you each three questions. Give me as short of an answer as you can. All right. Okay. So um, I will start with you, Adam. So okay. uh, first, what does Satan and the enemy fear? What do Satan and the enemy? Or what does the enemy, Satan, fear? Oh, yes. Uh, what does he fear? Yeah, well, he fears God. <laughs> That's a big, big example. But also he just, he fears, uh, I think he fears the, yeah. Uh, what was I going to go with that? <laughs> he was fearing uh, his destruction, actually, I think. Because he was so prideful, remember, in the beginning? Mm-hmm. That he, he desired a place of supreme... Uh, divinity for himself and if he's not there for it to happen then you know that would be his destruction so i would say god ultimately but but his uh his fear of not existing and not being that authority that great supreme authority of all the universe all right so let's beat him yes um second question what did christ fear when he was on earth and how did he fight his fears i don't think he had a fear um, I think it was maybe you do see in Garden of Gethsemane a, a sense in which he uh, was maybe lamenting and recognizing the the cost that would be for him to go to the cross. Uh, but I don't think that was really a fear. It was more of Lord, if there's another way to do this, I'd, I'd be willing yeah. to do that. So it's more of a, a suffering. And I think he was also st- speaking to us today yeah. as well of seeing, wow, the Lord does relate to our our fears. And sadness. Mm-hmm. And what does God fear? Mm. Nothing. <laughs> All right. David. Yes. What does Satan fear? I would say humility. Ooh. With the idea mm. that um, 
if God is who he says he really is, that Satan has to bend the knee. And if we're made in God's image, that means he has to submit to the authority that God mm. has prescribed on man and woman. And he refuses to do that. And that's like why the fear, well said. And yeah. that's why the fear comes in is I don't if I can get them to fall and give in to their fear, I don't have to submit. Ooh. So let's be humble. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that is where we have to die to our flesh. Yeah. Satan's like, I've got I've got the game rigged here and God's like, Yeah, but my spirit's in them. And now they get to make the choice. Yeah. Will they side with you or will they actually choose me and prove you wrong? Yeah. And that's the game that Satan's been playing on us. That is humbling to Satan, which he will not accept. Mm -hmm. And what did Christ fear when he was on earth, and how did he fight his fears if he had any? Right. I would say, if I could call it a fear, because it says he's fully man, so obviously there are natural tendencies, and he's tempted like every way we are, but without sin. I would say it's the fear of separation, because he loves his father, and that's why he didn't want to go to the Mm. cross. But this was a man who accepted, like it says, he set his face towards Jerusalem. There's a certain type of grit where, yeah, there may be fear there, but that doesn't define what I do anymore. He went that way. He was like, I'm, this is my purpose. But he didn't want to be separated from his father, much yeah. as when we have loved ones in our lives, we don't want to be separated from them because they're a part of us yeah. and we love them. And that's, that's what he didn't want to have. And he's like, but I'm willing to endure that because... I love you, and you love them, and I love them, and if this is what it takes for us all to be together, then so be it. Yeah. So what does God fear? God doesn't fear anything. <laughs> so let's serve God. He's the only one who can't fear anything, doesn't fear anything. Let's serve him. So, Well, that wraps up our podcast. So is this yeah. when we do the blood oath? Is that? Yeah. <laughs> that's not, they're not going that far. They're, I don't see that anywhere in scripture as far as, you know, cutting ourselves. So that's not scriptural. So, all right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us for podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, again, it is, uh, these are some graphic movies. Um, there's no sexual content in that way though. So it is safe in regards to that. So if you're an adult and you can handle some language and some, uh, some dr- just graphic images as far as some frightening images, then I would recommend it. They're, they're worthwhile movies. Uh, don't read the book and I would not recommend this movie to anyone <laughs> under the age of, uh, anyone of a young age in any relativity there. So, um, guys go with God and, uh, we'll see you next time on cinema rabbit trails. See ya. Yeah, see ya. Thank you.